Hello, Tales Over Coffee, episode 7. Super excited. Um, I'm with two gents um, on Black Horse Lane and basically near Walthamstow. So um, it's an audio shop called Armstrong Audio, um, but it's not just an audio shop, they're also a coffee shop and they repair the most amazing audio equipment you've, you've seen in your life. Um, a good mix of things. Um, so, Kevin and Shamil, welcome to Tales Over Coffee. Thank How are you, you both? Thank you, yeah. Good. yeah, great. Um, I guess could start with kind of background about what Armstrong Audio is and where it came from. So uh, Armstrong Audio uh, is an old British manufacturer. Um, the company actually started out in 1932 um, in Camden um, and they originally started out producing uh, public address systems and radios uh, for the war effort um, before people could actually afford that kind of technology at home. Uh, they were one of the leading uh, companies and they carried on that, um, that production line um, all the way through to probably the late 1970s and they released several models ranging from valve amplifiers to receivers um, to actually even speakers at one point. Point. Um, and that was based out in Camden um, and essentially the company uh, produced quite a successful range of, of units um, but unfortunately coming into the 80s they were unable to compete with the, uh, the Japanese products that started uh, coming into the consumer market um, but because of Armstrong's history um, and the engineers uh, working there they were able to retool um, and actually become a repair company. Um, and because of that, um, and they, they were very, very successful in the, uh, in the early uh, 80s, doing a lot of contract work for your John Lewis, your Currys, um, essentially doing all the warranty repairs um, on units. And at that point, they moved to, we moved to Walthamstow. Um, we've been here since 1980, um, been through some ups and downs along the way as uh, trends and uh, kind of come and go. Um, but there has been a recent revival of renaissance in old audio um, and also in old British manufacturing. Um, people want to keep these units going. Um, and then there was a great opportunity because of the areas changing so quickly to add a coffee shop onto it. So uh, we, we teamed up with All Press, um, who are based now in Dalston, um, and we kind of brought the two together. So we're trying to expand on this theme of an audio cafe um, and sell coffee, great coffee in my opinion, uh, but also the experience of interacting with technology that people really just don't get to see um, that much and um, people kind of like really like the idea of actually going back to using buttons um, <laughs> and knobs and stuff like that it's not all about the touch screen so um, yeah we're, we're really um, doing quite well out of the, the fact that people want old audio people want it on show in their home um, so we do turntables uh, amplifiers again um, but we do the full range we do high-end stuff and um, we also do uh, professional equipment um, as well um, and the idea is really that our concept is to keep um, it on the shelf and um, don't throw it away. Um, it looks nice, the design of them are great, better than like the black plastic units you get today. Um, having a bit of wood case amplifier is a great thing to have in your home. Um, yeah. So that's, where, that's what, where we came up with the idea, it was more fortuitous than anything else. Um, it was based on my father's experience um, and it was based on my dad not wanting to retire um, and just carrying wanting to tinker away. That's yeah. fantastic, yeah. I think um, anything family orientated really speaks to people and really makes them want to be part of it because it's, it's got that more character doesn't it it's, and I think it's something I probably I've, I'm a very independent person so I've gone, kind of gone away from what my family do and um, a lot of my family stay in Lincoln and I've kind of got really into coffee and, and I study music but it's, it's that creative the creative industries that I really like and like to 
tinker as well. I think my father, he encouraged me to, he encouraged me away from, uh, from this. So uh, we've kind of gone full circle. Uh, <laughs> so you know, I never thought I'd actually be working alongside my dad. Um, but uh, circumstances kind of presented themselves to us and it was a perfect blend. Um, really what we're trying to do here is expand on the whole audio cafe. So what you see um, in the shop right now is only the, the first stage. Um, mm -hmm. We have got bigger plans um, to actually extend, have bigger seating capacity. Um, I'm quite keen on also bringing, as well as having the repair side of it, as well as having all this old audio equipment, sell vinyl. Um, mm. have like an interactive space where people can either buy vinyl from me or have them swap vinyl um, we also to kind of really expand on the audio cafe experience we're gonna have high-end uh, turntables here where you can actually listen to it not a lot of people can uh, afford some of the, the more expensive stuff but really quite keen to give people access um, to that and also have a good cup of coffee um, it just seems that audio and coffee is a <laughs> is a mix that goes together but no one's really done yeah. Um, to to yeah. any uh, level, listen to music and, play, and I drinking coffee. I suppose it really helps that you're such a specialist in, in the audio equipment because, I mean, well, I'm on um, things like Barista Hustle and you know there's so much information for coffee that allows people to, you know, roast, start roasting and developing their own uh, skills in coffee. And I think it's really good that you've got that. I think that's 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 what's been. Uh, the great part it's, it's proven to be quite a successful combination from our from our point mm. of view um, but it adds an extra layer to the coffee mm. um, there's always good music hopefully playing it here I know some of the Brits have varying tasted we do let them play wherever they want um, but the idea that you, you can actually yeah, we're selling a moment we're selling an experience mm. um, we're selling a bit of history and we get we, we're seeing that customers who don't necessarily know much about audio but they want coffee but they are making that switch over mm. um, they do want to find out more um, and also it kind of taps into what the actual current trend is, is I think there is an element of people don't want to buy stuff that they know is going to be out of date in two years people uh, are looking for that more tangible mm. product um, nowadays and um, the cool. old audio is, is good we used to do at one point we actually did do uh, TV repairs um, but as we quite quickly realised people can't get sentimental about an old TV or about a TV in general but old audio that could be handed down to you from your father or your grandfather or it could be something that you just really like the look of um, and the need to kind of keep it going we're definitely seeing that people want their audio equipment back on display um, mm -hmm. they want it as a talking point when people come around for dinner um, people want to show it off yeah um, what's your favourite record then? My favourite record. Um, I've got I've got many many okay. favourite records, but um, I do have a. I listen to a lot of different types of music, but yeah. I do have an extensive uh, like yeah. dub uh, collection on vinyl okay. um, at home. I, I do like yeah. I do like the studio uh, one albums and yeah. all that kind of stuff. I just like the bass. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I mean, ooh, uh, probably just my first cassette that I owned. Uh, Michael Jackson's Bad. Yeah. I think that's where it all started from that yeah. tape that my cousin gave me and all of a sudden my world just turned upside down and I actually, music. I actually I remember my dad, my first tape, I think my dad gave it, no my dad definitely gave it to me, uh, I think it belonged to a customer, it was Footloose, the soundtrack, yeah. <laughs> I love that soundtrack, that's actually strangely quite, quite, quite a, a fun track, but no, I've always grown up with audio, um, mm. always like had a Walkman or a Discman and all that stuff, so I've been quite fortunate to be... Uh, to, mm -hmm. to have that, that access to it but mm -hmm. yeah music's always been quite important and with coffee it just seems to work we're you... making it important as well in the shop now we're giving customers the options 
uh, of what they want to listen to and we're trying to work out what be best for them and we're trying to create this open playlist for them so they can come in and go hey this is a good song it's like yeah and if you've got yeah. a better song feel free to put it down on the list and we'll, we'll make a uh, collection for you to listen to it on Spotify yeah. later on. Nice. Yeah, that's cool. I on a side note, it's actually quite interesting. You actually get a good idea of the demographics of your <laughs> of your client base by the music they listen to. So there's there's another side to it as well. So okay, so I've got a good idea of who the people are coming in. With. Right. That's that's interesting. Yeah. Twenty five to thirty five is the uh, right. is the is the bracket here. Right, but again, yeah. that's just tapping into flat what's whites. happening around flat whites. Yeah. Everyone's <laughs> a flat white here. Flat whites are the biggest sellers. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, no, because I think partly because like Wolfram Snow is, is is going through. Like, it's going through a change the demographics or the people that live around here um, it is changing it has changed over the past two years um, and whenever you get that kind of change there, there's there's opportunity um, so we, we definitely did see it as an opportunity um, I, I detail like I do tell people like yes we are the first coffee shop um, at this end of Blackhawks Lane but we surely will not be the last so we are very much focused on delivering great quality coffee um, putting an experience on there um, to kind of really separate us because again we're not we're not naive to think that no one else is going to open a coffee shop here but what we're selling is that experience that people want to come back to um, that moment out of their their day um, I think when I was I've been I've wanted a coffee shop now for probably I think that I came up with the idea well really came focused on it about four years ago um, and the hardest part when I was actually coming up with the idea was well how do I make it more than just coffee um, obviously you can focus in on the quality of the coffee the product we, I'm a big believer all press is one of the, the top uh, roasteries in, in London um, but it was what was the hook what would keep people coming back apart from the slightly addictive caffeine but mm -hmm. what's that moment I can sell and it, it really only just dawned on me two years into thinking about having a coffee shop um, that audio um, mm. could be a good thing and I think also because of the history of the company um, you, you, you can't buy that um, you can't even make that stuff up and uh, it'd be I do definitely see it as it'd be a shame to let such a great history go to waste mm -hmm. um, I've got a personal aim the company was originally founded in 1932 um, I want to get it to 2032 and oh, I want to have a hundred year old company uh, nice. that would be a nice thing for me personally uh, was it really called yeah. something different originally yeah. it was it, we actually um, it was the company was originally called Armstrong uh, audio right. um, then we actually changed the name when it became a repair company it became Armstrong Hi-Fi uh, services okay. um, we've now actually gone back um, to the original mm. um, name I think in the, in the 80s there was that trend of you've got to say exactly what you're doing <laughs> in your in your company name uh, but you can be a bit more uh, freer with it but we, we've actually gone back to our original name that's, um, that's cool yeah but there's there's a lot of there's a lot of the, the people that you get coming into this shop are, are really actually amazing the stories that they come all these audio units have a, have a story to them um, my favorite ones are the the ones that uh, the son found in his father's loft. Wow. Uh, and it's like, I remember that as a kid, doesn't work, can you get it working? Get it working, they come here. We've had people cry here. That was, that was a bit emotional. Wow, that, wow. See, that, that's the YouTube channel stuff, right? It was, it was. It was a, I, won't, I won't give the customer's name, but he, he basically had an old B&O system, um, which uh, his, father, his late father passed away. He found it in the loft when they were, when they were emptying it out and his memory of it was never being allowed to touch it mm. um, and when we repaired it he sat there and pressed every single button <laughs> um, just to make it because I was never allowed to do that. Oh, he enjoyed his coffee as well. Uh, so. That's good. Are you, so yeah with coffee are you are you more into the audio or are you more into the coffee? Like, has, I'm definitely more into the, the coffee but 
seeing as it's uh, the business I'm trying to develop, got to keep mm. everything even, yeah. even, even killed. So my, my main name was opening up a coffee shop, yeah. um, but the audio just seems to work, and mm. um, I can tie the two together. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so audio's now. I've always had it. I've grown up with audio equipment, uh, mm -hmm. and that's just been massively fortunate. I think I've learned a lot that I've just taken for granted. Um, mm -hmm. But then just talking to the customers, I'm, I'm like, oh wow, I actually know a fair bit. Yeah, it's, 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 I, I, I'm surprised at the answer because I'm you know, obviously really knowledgeable, knowledgeable about the, biz, the business and everything. And um, I can I can imagine you as as a a, a DJ on the side. I've tried DJing. I'm, I'm really bad at it. I have had a go at it in the past, but <laughs> I wouldn't ever claim to do a DJ. I, I was at a, I was actually at a friend's barbecue, and like, I don't even sing. I can't sing. <laughs> but, um, I shy away from that stuff. But um, the the plan is to like just keep selling coffee. At the moment, we've only got an espresso machine. Um, mm -hmm. We only sell espresso-based coffee, but I'm quite keen to extend people's knowledge um, of, mm -hmm. of coffee. Hence, like people like Kevin uh, working in here. Kevin's great at educating our customers um, on the coffee, giving them techniques to take home, um, and really just like encouraging that dialogue and that interest. Mm -hmm. um, because the plan is, when we do extend, is to uh, offer coffee through varying brewing techniques, so the siphon coffees, the the cold uh, cold brews, and so on. Um, so I'm quite keen to kind of share that knowledge um, and that that kind of passion. Um, coffee is a great way to start a conversation, mm. um, and is and a great way to continue a conversation is about music. Yeah. Um, so kind of two go together. Do you, how did you meet them? To your I'm I was told about Sham uh, through George. I went for a job interview when I moved back. To London uh, for a coffee shop called the Good Barn, and uh, things. I wasn't quite flexible at that time when I first moved back to London, and George was like, "Look, you're a good guy. Uh, I know I got a friend who lives right by you. Uh, his name's Sham, and he uh, he worked, got a coffee shop on Blackhorse Lane, Armstrong right. Audio. Check it out. He might be hiring uh, part timers, and it'd be perfect for you." Yeah. So I think about three weeks after that, I then sort of walked over to the coffee shop, checked it out. Uh, a week later, I then asked more questions uh, mm -hmm. uh, to Natalie, uh, who was uh, running the shift. And all of a sudden, it's like, it's sham around. I, I, I just went by his name, what George gave me, and it's like, oh, he'd be here on a Saturday. So turn up then and... Yeah. see what happens and everything went well and I've managed to stay here since what the end of March or something is that, is that, that long yeah oh, it okay. started, yeah <laughs> end of March when I joined so we, we, we officially refer to I don't think uh, Kevin knows, but we call him the godsend sometimes uh, yeah. timing was uh, perfect uh, we were in the we'd only been open about two months or three months um, and essentially uh, Kevin just walked through the door um, and Kevin's wealth of experience, his history, um, he was able just to fit in straight away. So uh, we definitely, uh, I definitely look to Kevin as a, now the lead barista. He's been great at upskilling all the other guys. So um, he put the attention to detail that he puts into it is is faultless really. Um, and mm. we've even like we get the, the feedback I get off the customers is Google reviews and all the rest of it. How the coffee is like one of the best and all that. So um, quite happy, I'm quite fortunate to have Kevin. It's allowed me, if anything, actually to. To not get too involved or get too bogged down in actually the day-to-day -day running um, mm. of a coffee shop. It's allowed me to kind of focus back onto the audio and focus on the general um, further development um, that, that we're planning here. So uh, having a 
qualified, uh, not qualified, but having a very highly experienced barista uh, who who knows the trade inside out is definitely a must. Um, and yeah, no, it's, it's definitely helpful uh, having that because whilst I'm a big coffee enthusiast, I'm not a barista. I can't do all that latte art <laughs> stuff. Uh, Kevin's amazing. I remember that Kevin's interview uh, was him doing the latte art, but then making a mistake but then turning it into a cat and I'm like that actually looks like a cat I was like right I'm hiring him <laughs> that was it it was like put an apron on get him behind the ship but the um, thing with that that is frowned upon in the uh, latte art oh, yeah. world yeah. of uh, etching yes and then, you know, yeah and it's like look if a kid comes in with that it's like yeah. you want to make them really smart or like that's a Pokemon ma, yeah. to, to, to their parents and it's just an adorable thing and those sort of uh, things is like what I like because a customer can also boost uh, the baristas mm -hmm. it's like if you could be having a bad day of serving coffee then one customer comes in and just makes your day by saying something hilarious or mm. being so enthusiastic over the coffee mm. It works both ways. You can be positive and make their morning, or they can do vice versa. And mm -hmm. it, that's just how you make a relationship between uh, the customer. You want to show that you're a human being and not just, just a, a robot, robot pressing yeah. buttons behind the counter. I think that's 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 really important. I think uh, I always yes. encourage that from from Kevin and all the other guys. That that engagement, that that personal interaction uh, with the with the customer is is definitely what you get. I, I liken it to mm. like going to the barber, and the barber remembers you, uh, remembers what you mentioned to them the last time. Uh, people have, in my mind, or I, at least I do, I have the expectation if I keep going to the same place every day that they get to know me, and it feels special also to have that kind of recognition, especially when you you've got a, a, a if you've got a shop in a local area where there's lots of residential this is not an office it's not a workers area um having that that knowledge and developing that that relationship with your customers is 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 in part what keeps people coming back um, yeah. and again it all adds to that you're selling that moment you're selling that 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 friendly face um and a nice cup of coffee and nice music and it is it's really important to kind of give that back to the customers um even to the point like even outside if you come to the shop um we, we kind of put really nice planter boxes outside um i definitely see that as very much a gift to to the, to the people that live around here. This is not, it's not the greatest looking area, it's changing very, very quickly, but the plant boxes, uh, they make it look inviting, they make it look like somewhere you should go mm -hmm. inside. Um, so it's all about everything that we do here, um, or everything I try to do, is trying to give something back to the customer, yeah. um, rather than trying to take um, yeah, right. from them. So what can I give them to make them like it, come back and, and talk about it really? Um, and then share it. We had a customer come in on Sunday. Actually, he was a owns a hi-fi shop in Hammersmith. Never heard of him. Don't know who he is. But he'd heard it. He'd heard about the shop. What we're doing here from somewhere else. He cycled all the way up here from Hammersmith. Oh, and, that's fantastic! <laughs> and that's, had a chat. And then we actually had the same bike. I was like, actually, I've got that bike. So we had a nice little chat. But um, he'd heard about what we're doing here, and he came down. But um, there are a lot of audio enthusiasts out there, and there are a lot of coffee enthusiasts and if anything there's a lot of similarities between the two yeah. uh, there's a there's a definitely there's a geek level of uh, appreciation uh, that you can get to uh, in coffee and you get that with the audio file so the, the kind of like the subculture interest is, is definitely there um, you can you can take it to another level and then even when you got to that level there's another level um, you can definitely do that with coffee coffee is an endless pit of knowledge yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. that's that's funny you say that because uh, you can relate coffee or making a coffee to so many practices like you referenced audio I referenced uh, photography when I was working in a darkroom you know you got your uh, 
extraction. Uh, not extraction. Now going back to coffee, you got your enlarger, you got your uh, developer, you got your wash period, and you got that, and all the chemical wash and all that. And it's like, oh, so the grind side is basically if I put the filter into the enlarger, then the uh, extraction time be the amount of light that hits onto the photographic paper, then all that sure. sort of just go so, hand yeah. in hand. It's that attention it? to detail. Yeah. I think uh, what I've noticed uh, with baristas, um, again, I'm getting used to all of this stuff, it's that attention to detail. Mm -hmm. um, and when you, when you speak to like, audio files, it's that attention to detail. They're listening for things that no one else is really paying attention to. Same with coffee. You, and again, if we can encourage and we can develop people's knowledge of coffee, I think that's a good gift. I think that's a, it's like being able to taste your wines and stuff like that. There, there is that, there is that interest in coffee, and and we're always about. Although we do all price, we we sell other uh, brands of uh, locally roasted coffee here as well. Um, Woodstreet. Uh, yeah, Woodstreet. We sell Woodstreet coffee. That's Gareth down the road. Um, but ultimately, it's a case of. There's enough for everyone in the coffee mm. trade. I think the coffee trade is, is uniquely placed in, if you're especially if you're selling the speciality coffee. Um, you've obviously got the commodity coffee, and that's completely different. Um, but the speciality coffee, from what I understand, everybody makes, everyone's got an opportunity to, to actually get an income out of it. So there's not, you're not shortchanging the suppliers, you're not shortchanging uh, the roasters or anybody. There is, there is a lot of attention into detail, and because everyone on that supplier change but in attention to detail people value that and mm. people are willing to pay for it mm. um, and I think that's, 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 that's the key to it what do you think are the main like, challenges for the specialized coffee world or industry main challenges I would say that there's a point approaching where there's, there's, there's a lot out there. We went to the London Coffee Festival oh, was um, yeah. earlier this year in, uh, in March, or was it April? Um, but there's, there's yeah. a lot out there. Um, yeah. And I think one of the main challenges that the coffee, speciality coffee uh, trade is, is it becoming too complicated for the novice to get into? Um, is there, is it, cause it, it can, I've got friends who, I've actually got very close friends who don't drink coffee, or who will never actually even go into uh, an independent coffee shop, because they are slightly daunted uh, by the whole experience. I think McDonald's even jumped onto the, that back wagon of like, what am I ordering here? I think that that is, that, that should always be a concern. Um, are we making it too complicated for new customers to, to engage in it? I only started actually drinking coffee um, when I was about 21. Um, it wasn't something that I picked up from my parents um, or anything like that. You obviously don't drink coffee, you know. But it's, it's basically making sure that your shop looks inviting enough that even someone who doesn't know what a flat white is to a latte can still come in and not feel like, oh, I'm just embarrassing myself because I don't know. So that's that's why I'm always keen with Kevin to educate, get people's knowledge up, 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 up. And I think that's something that all independent coffee shops should be doing is educating people because people don't know the difference between speciality and commodity and there's a huge world of difference between the two and uh, like the scoring scales and what you have to do to become a speciality coffee um, like the, the roasting of the beans how fresh it is even down to our milk our milk is especially um, not, what's the word for is it? Is it estate dairy? Yeah, it's estate. Uh, it's estate. estate. So Sean, uh, Sean, Sean Young, yeah, uh, from estate dairy, he supplies it, and he's he. If you read what he does um, on his dairy farm, 
the amount of detail he goes to to get us milk that is great for for yeah. for, for coffee it's astounding it's astounding like the, the, he's breeding cows specifically to make Bristol grade uh, <laughs> coffee but again it's about educating the customer and I think that that's always got to be something that all independents do uh, because you don't you, you want new customers coming in you want customers who haven't had speciality coffee you want them to appreciate it and if anything you want them to know the difference between why this is in my opinion better than your Starbucks or your Costas um, I, try never do, I, I try never to mention Starbucks or uh, Costa, I'd rather avoid it because you don't want to yeah. bag talk any other businesses and that sort yeah. of thing. I'm yeah. always sort of just turn it around yeah. to them because it should be their opinion because at the end of the day, uh, coffee is just preference mm -hmm. in how you like it. We get customers saying, this isn't strong enough. What do you mean by strong? <laughs> and then you just sort of work it down because people forget uh, bitterness is it's just because of over roasting or over extraction and that coffee is a fruit and it's naturally sweet so you should be getting the sweeter acidity in the beans so just well, trying how, to put them on that. How do you best educate customers? So how I would do it occasionally I would if I get excited by it as you know when you're by the coffee machine and all of a sudden you get a whiff of the espresso going up to your nose and it's like wow this is brilliant you take it out and just say hey this is the espresso that I can uh, be seeing milk for your cup uh, coffee here just give it a sniff and I get them to swirl it then they were like oh that's a nice little nectar smell to it it's like yeah that's that's the espresso is that's the quality that we go through we're making sure we'll get in the uh, golden cup when we serve mm -hmm. it to you we're going uh, by the guidelines of uh, all press mm. but we do have uh, flexibility with the numbers if if so be yeah so that flexibility allowed me to experiment and go oh I wonder what happens if I put 18.2 grams or 18.5 grams of coffee yeah. into the, yeah. into the uh, basket so I'll answer that question in another way I've seen like I have the, when I'm actually working behind the machine as well but you'll get customers who come in and ask us if we have syrup, for example, yeah. like your vanilla or whichever syrup it is. And obviously that's what like, uh, your, your costas and your Starbucks would do. We very rarely would get syrups inside a uh, speciality in an independent coffee shop. And the main reason that I tell the customer, they're like, oh, why don't you do syrups? Because, well, you normally add the syrup to disguise the overburnt taste of the coffee. You're not going to get that overburnt taste with this coffee. The milk that we do is going to have a sweetness to it. You don't actually need. Um, if we do, if we make the golden cup or the perfect cup, there's going to be a natural sweetness inside there. You're not going to have to mask any kind of flavouring, and that's generally what the chefs do. We, we do educate that, and there, there is an element I think also with you don't always necessarily pander to the customer. I know it's, a, it's always controversial, but you've got to be confident in your product and the way it wants to be sold, um, and then in, in educate. Because sometimes people are just coming to you not knowing any better. How, what um, about the people that just want a coffee, they don't want to be educated? Oh yeah, you do that. Yeah. You, you take that, you yeah. take that, yeah. you, that you, uh, <laughs> that's just, that's basic customer service. Yeah. <laughs> Always try and instigate eye contact. Yeah. If you don't get the eye contact, you kind of get the impression the customer kind of wants to okay. see, get on with their morning. They're not going to yeah. take off their headphones. Yeah. They just want the cup. Um, yeah, you can read customers. So. Um, yeah. You yeah. don't want to waste their time and they don't want to waste your time. It's like, if they if you don't talk if they don't talk to you or you don't talk to them, then it's like okay, yeah. there you go. Your drink is done in thirty seconds. Yeah. It's like there's the there's Matt. There's a guy I call Mac 
who, who comes in every morning. He only literally, I think he ordered double macchiato twice, and he just always he orders the same macchiato every time. He literally just comes in with his headphones on. I don't even have to ask him. He just nods at me. Uh, I get the mac ready for him, and he just takes and he leaves. Probably he comes in there. He comes in here every day. I've probably cool. now shared about five words with him, but I know he's ordered. That's uh, good. That's and he's good. just out the door again. Yeah. So I guess it's you like, know that customer, yeah, don't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know. Yeah. So, but again, that, yeah, in, my, in my yeah, in my mind, that's that's knowing your customers, developing that relationship, and sometimes a relationship is not talking. Um, right, right. That can be a relationship. Um, a relationship's not always having yeah. an in-depth conversation. Uh, that's something I need to learn. Yeah. I'm always after the the long. Well, that's part of my doing this podcast. <laughs> yeah. But so. the best thing is to do, especially if there's a rush, you have like five people in or five six people in, and all you gotta do as a barista is like pick a topic, and everyone in the uh, room will start talking and put, give their opinion. It's like <laughs> this is good. brilliant. This has distracted them, and I can sort of save three minutes and get everyone drink ready, and they'd be like none the wiser of how long they've been waiting for. It's just getting that sort of energy mm. level going, and then they don't have to feel like they're waiting or being burdened by the wait. As long as you're having that fun conversation, it could be something silly like. Uh, a horrible movie or mm-hmm. uh, guilty pleasures and music and believe me I got a load of guilty pleasure music that I haven't dared to uh, I have put some of it on but I try not to I think, I think also like building on what Kevin's uh, point is there is that as I said before, this is a, it's a, one of the first independent coffee shops um, in this part of uh, Walthamstow on Black Horse Lane. Um, there has been a lot of uh, different people moving to this area. Um, they've, all, they've all come from certain parts of London. But I know, like, having now been open six months, um, that people have made friendships in, in that shop who didn't know each other. I think one of the most valuable, one of the most like, uplifting bits of feedback I got off one of my very early customers, and he goes, this place is great. I can actually get to meet my neighbours. I can meet, get to meet other people like, like there was similar taste uh, and so on. Because there, was, there wasn't anything else in this area. There's no, there's no pub down here. There's no restaurant around here. Um, they're great opportunities if you know anyone who, who wants to open up around here. But ultimately, there was, it was bringing like-minded people together and giving them opportunity to actually have a conversation, be it over coffee, um, talking about the coffee, or be it over the music that's playing here, or even about the audio equipment. But I do know that people have come in and they've sparked, friend, they've sparked conversations, they've had friendships, and um, long may that continue. I think that a coffee shop is a talking shop at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, if you go into a coffee shop and people aren't talking, I think something's wrong. Um, mm. Yeah, it's, it's important that people, you, you, you maintain that, that kind of interaction, you encourage that. Um, and I do also, the other great thing I like doing is connecting people. I think uh, when you're working behind, if you're working behind a bar in a, in a, in a pub or you're working as a, in a restaurant, even working behind, especially working behind the, the coffee machine, is that you get a privileged vantage point of um, the local community. Um, they come to you with their stories um, and then you, you end up realising that, and wow, if I connected that person to that person, that's an opportunity for them. So we've connected uh, several, there's a lot of creativity in this area. There's a lot of musicians, there's a lot of people doing amazing things um, in this area. And sometimes you, you hear something, it's like, I need to introduce that person to that person, or at least take a business card and put the, give that in that hand there. <laughs> and again, that's what, a talk, that's what a coffee shop should be, in my opinion, somewhere where people can connect, um, so share ideas. Brilliant. 
Huh? It's a social hub at the end. It's a social hub, yeah. yeah. Um, and I think that's that's again that's another experience that you can sell. And if you build on that, um, where you're offering people uh, an opportunity to connect with other like-minded people, um, and to be fair, it's, it's coffee. It, loads of people like different uh, coffee. It's not one type of person um, who like who likes coffee. Um, but the, the idea of connecting and, and joining people together is is a great opportunity, especially when you're working behind that machine, because you you're fortunate enough to have essentially random strangers come mm. up and tell you something about them um, and then you just retain that in bit of information and someone else said, well, yeah, talk to that person. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah so it's, it's always good. Yeah, that's really interesting to me. I mean, I, I was, as soon as I got into speciality, the focus was on weighing and the geeky side, probably more so than that, what you just said and I think it should be the other way around, definitely. So whenever I go to a coffee shop that's got that vibe, then I, I, I always want to go back. So yeah, it's like, but when I'm working in coffee, I think it's easy to focus on the on the flavour side and on how it's tasting too much, which can be something that the industry, uh, you know, promotes. I think, I think there's also an element. I've I've lived in so although we're in Morpeth, I've lived in Hackney for probably about 18 years now. Um, so I've seen um, what. I've learned a lot from the coffee shops that are there. Um, and sometimes you, you've got to pick the right people um, working in your coffee shop, people who do like uh, talking. So whilst I've seen good coffee shops, in, I've seen some great coffee shops actually um, in, in, in the Shoreditch area. I've seen some really bad ones because they've not got the right person right. working behind there. They, they're a bit aloofish and all that. I think that mm. that has to be knocked out uh, yeah. completely, encourage the conversations. Yeah. Coffee shops, when they first when they first became a, a thing, it was a place to go and talk. Um, yeah. And I think sometimes some coffee shops lose that. Um, Do you think that's because of more of the people or, or the culture of the business and the actual atmosphere? I think it's, it's, it all comes from the people. Okay. Um, you, you can, yeah, it comes from the people in my yeah. opinion. So even like little things, for example, I remember when I was talking with All Press, um, one of the key things um, when we were looking at the design of the shop was to, my initial design of the shop was actually to have the uh, espresso machine to the side of the of the brister mm -hmm. um but then all press said no no don't do that don't do that but the but the coffee machine in between the customer and the barista so the barista can talk yeah. to the customer so layout is really important to encourage uh dialogue um i go to coffee and now i go to coffee shops where the bri uh, the machine is behind the barista so essentially when the barista's making the coffee they just got their back to the customer which is actually not is <laughs> it sounds, sounds pretty basic yeah. but there there are people that and you see that and it, that it's those little that attention to yeah. detail and makes all the world a difference so say for example kevin was making coffee if like for most of the time he had his back to the customer we wouldn't be able to connect the dots. We wouldn't be able to put people in touch with other people. We wouldn't be able to spark that conversation. So I think mm. there was a, there's, a, there's a Japanese shop where they really talked about this, where they moved the coffee machine around. And it was like, yes, 100%, bullet in between to encourage dialogue. And I think there was an even another one where we had to kind of, I put too many glasses on top of the machine. So it was like, drop that down a bit so we can get eye contact uh, across it. But that's, these are all the little important details, um, which, which make a coffee shop more than just the place to grab a cup of coffee. Brilliant. I guess a couple more questions. Um, I think it's the longest episode, which is good. Um, where's your favourite place to get coffee in London, and where both of you were? Where you? Where do you? What inspired you? Um, I don't have a proper stomping ground anymore. I think since coming back uh, to London, I think this this has really only been the place I've gone to drink coffee. Except for uh, the Good Barn, uh, 
all press and uh, the department of coffee. That's yeah. Those are the only places that sort of my favorite. Went to. Hopefully, this is, this is this is not uh, an ominous side of the future, but. My favourite coffee shops were in Shoreditch and they're not there anymore. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> they've, actually, they've actually closed really down. Well. But I think yeah. that was property prices, uh, priced them out of it. But uh, I've okay. always, uh, the original um, All Press uh, on Redchurch Street, uh, where they had their smaller roastery, where they first opened up seven years ago. Uh, cool. That's where I really got into the, the whole coffee scene. Their, their setup there was, 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 was an amazing setup. It was in a part of London, uh, on the part of Shoreditch, that just no one really knew, uh, no one ever really went to. Um, um, but they had a, a great location and I kind of like developed an understanding of what I wanted my coffee shop to to be like. There was a, I can't remember the name of it now, but there's a great one down Sclater Street. Um, and I've forgotten his name, he's not there anymore. But he taught oh, me. Jamie. Jamie, yes. Yeah. Jamie, <laughs> on the Jamie. boat. He yeah. lives on the boat. Uh, uh, with his girlfriend. It was yeah, him and his girlfriend. I know he lived on the boat. But yeah, he lives on the boat. boat, yes. But uh, that was one of my favourite coffee, coffee shops. Yeah, craft coffee, yeah. Um, <laughs> that was one of my favourite coffee shops. And I remember talking to Jamie, like, most mornings when I'd go in there. He took it. He took it to another level of science. Yeah, he had like he had like a was it is it not mass spectrometer but uh, it measured the, oh, the a fractometer. A fractometer. <laughs> he was measuring the the clarity of the coffee. He was made. He had TDS, this great, yeah. yeah, yeah. He had this iPad app that would chart out his uh, his brews yeah. and everything like that. Mm -hmm. And I. And to be fair, yeah, I, I thought, dude, you've got, you've gone way too far on that scale. But his coffee was bar none amazing it was like literally this is this is really really good stuff but i know the the prices went up in the area so mm. it got price up but that was one of my favorite places great conversations with him and again that was when i was learning about coffee and learning whether that this could be something that i would be interested in um i learned a lot from him um, and i learned a lot from just like the the way he styled it and the way the way it looked and and everything and the interactions that he encouraged always look out whenever i go to a coffee shop is the, the interaction do do people want to mm. just have a chat Again, going back to your point, if I don't want to chat, I just want to go and I'll keep my headphones off and I won't take them off. Um, but if you want to say hello, and one of the enamoring things around here is how many people come into a coffee shop to find out what the local area is like. That, that's always quite quite interesting, especially with a place like Walthamstow, where we always get like five people a week who are looking at moving to the area and they, they gravitate towards the, the coffee shop as a, as a cultural kind of a social hub. Um, they get a good feel for the area. I will say this about my, there's only been like top three that maybe change the way I think about coffee, three shops. So we got attendant, that was like the first one, it's like, you know, the public loo, you go down the stairs and it's like, wow, they converted the urinals into a bench and they've, and for this tiny space and to have these little illustrations as well and to have this a fantastic coffee in a, such a small environment, it's like, wow, they've made a lot of uses in this space and yes there's no uh, natural light yes there's no fresh air coming in but it sounds like a really warm inviting place but yes <laughs> it, it is how it's lit and uh, the color and the palette on the thing everything's done down just to make it feel bigger uh, because windows makes the only reason I put over windows is because windows is usually the easiest options to make the a place feel bigger but with that, it's like, oh, well, it doesn't have windows, but it still feels enough to move around. The other place was uh, Cork Roaster, Cork Grocery uh, in Ireland. Mm. And their, their design is like a traditional Irish pub. And it's like, wow. And you know how you get all these knickknacks uh, in every pub, like uh, football players and uh, old fishing rods and 
fish uh, trip. They weren't there. You think they would be, but they like they were like old brewing methods, and they were all just scattered around on the shelves. And it's like, wow, that's an old siphon. Wow, that's that's a very old hand grinder. Then in the front, there's like a traditional uh, coffee roaster, the like original one, uh, cast iron, painted mm. red, and it's just fantastic. Then you look over, and it's like you see the bigger machine sort of hidden away in the doorway behind the coffee machine and it's like yeah this is a great environment great and i think it only sits fits six people because of that uh display uh mm -hmm. the co uh, coffee machine display but it's like mm -hmm. one of the best coffees i had a couple mm -hmm. of other places I've been yeah. to that actually now I'm just thinking about Chauvin's before, but there's an experience is that I, I'm a big fan. Obviously, we've done it here. We've tied in uh, two trades essentially um, in one, but there, there's the common, uh, which was a bit of an inspiration for the design aesthetic inside this shop here. But the common on Old Bethnal Green Road, um, how they actually took a, an architect studio and then added a coffee shop onto it um, so you can actually see architects designing um, in that space um, as well as serving very very good coffee um, i remember there was uh, on bermondsey street there used to be a florist um, that also had a coffee shop in there um, i think coffee i definitely now look at coffee coffee shops are great but i think coffee mm. can actually add life to a trade that could disappear if it's not careful or it can actually help support uh, a trade that may not be able to actually survive on its own so I do know like the florist it, it, it couldn't survive as a florist on its own but you tied in the coffee and it shored it up it shored up that balance sheet um, with my with my dad's business it, this is adding a nice little supplement to it coffee is a great add-on um, it generates footfall mm. it does if you're but the only thing that you have to focus on is the quality you've got to be 100% focused on delivering a quality consistent product um, as much as possible but you can actually like rescue uh, businesses that I'd love to there's there's so many other repair shops I see around London um, mm -hmm. I'd love to have a little franchise where I go in there and say like, I've got a coffee shop great footfall yes. um, because there is a crossover we're getting customers who come in for the coffee in there we get we get people buying broken things on eBay and bring them off to us now so that's, <laughs> that's crazy it's like they're actually buying broken stuff knowing that we're here and, and getting, it, uh, getting it repaired but um, yeah there is yeah. I think there, there's a there's a lot in coffee in I'm kind of a lot, people, transition. a lot of people have a dream of, of setting up a coffee shop as the thing, don't they? And they maybe aren't, haven't, don't have the experience, or you know. I think that's a great insight because if you if you've got your other passion, and then yeah, yeah. I think coffee, coffee. If you if anyone's interested in opening up a coffee shop, uh, look into ways how it could mm -hmm. you can collaborate with someone mm -hmm. else. Um, Obviously, in, in parts of London, uh, there are lots of people who struggle to generate footfall. It's an old trade, it's an old business. Um, coffee is a great way of introducing people to stuff that could easily just be lost. Um, and it, yeah, it's, it's good business. Um, and it's fun as well. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. Um, early starts, um, um, but it is, it is a lot of fun. And it, it's something that you, you will, if you've got a quality product, you will see your business grow. Um, and that, that's also quite, quite, a good thing to see customers keep coming back the feedback especially with social media nowadays I, I try I'm not I'm not a big social media person and I've never have been but I'm slowly having to get my head around it um, but it is weird reading like oh someone said something good and I don't even know who that person is yeah, yeah. Um, all right fair enough that's happened I'll take that <laughs> Instagram <laughs> stalking helps yeah he's yeah. like hey Kevin uh, I got a good feedback on uh, Instagram uh, do you know who this guy is and it's like no I just and it just takes time and time it's like yes I do 
you just find that one selfie, it's like, yeah, I know who that is now. That's good. Fantastic. Well, I think it's a good place to finish. So, just yeah, thanks a for being. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah if you want to visit Armstrong Audio, I'd wholeheartedly recommend it. You can find it at www.armstrong-audio.com or actually preferably uh, our Instagram account uh, promotes more of our our coffee side of the business and that's just at Armstrong Audio. Great. Alright, this is Tales of Coffee and see you next Friday.